everyone. Welcome to Empowerment Voice. I'm your host, Debbie Odunlami. Before I proceed to talk about today's episode, I would like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Anchor. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain to you. It is free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And then they will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to know to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. So let's dive into this episode. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Well, today, this is really exciting for me because I do have a very good friend of mine that I wanted us to kind of have a chat and have a conversation on how everybody is doing. Um, First of all, we're going to ask how you're doing, and then we're going to dive into some topics that we are all very concerned about, especially with the children, our teenagers and young adults. So that's going to be our focus today. But, you know, I am so excited and I'm grateful for all of you to have joined us today. It is an exciting time. It is a difficult time. It is a learning time. It is a pushing time. Everything combined. And I think it's um, a good thing for us to have a conversation at this time because it is necessary. Um, We're struggling with a lot. We're struggling with the pandemic. We're struggling with how to change our normals. Uh, We're struggling with how to work with our children. A whole lot of things that we're trying to adjust to. So the the thing that I, I feel that we can all benefit from is advice from each other and if we work together as a community i think we are all going to overcome this period Mm -hmm. it is a sensitive time unprecedented time but we will walk through this together so without talking too much today i have a very very good friend of mine that i've known since we were children i mean it's it's amazing when you connect with your childhood friends and then it sounds like maybe you don't even talk as often, but when you pick up the phone and you talk to each other, it sounds like it's like you've been talking every way, every day, every week for the last um, 20, 20 years. Absolutely. So I'm so excited today to bring my very good friend to the platform, and then we can have a conversation and talk about the things that we all want to know more about. Her name is Dr. Tolu Dairo. And she is a drug safety physician with master's in regulatory affairs for drugs, violence, and medical devices. She's a founder of Intentional Collegiate Parenting, where she teaches positive parenting with intentionality. And also, she likes to focus more on the teenagers. I think this time... We're all at a stage where we have teenagers at home. So I think it's a, it's appropriate for at least one of us to focus on that. Also, she has a YouTube channel. She's a blogger and she has a YouTube channel where she writes and speaks on challenges parents encounter in the parenting journey and how to solve them. 
So um, she's married to Dr. Dokundairo and they have three beautiful daughters. So without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and just bring that on the platform and I wanna welcome you, Dr. Tolu, welcome to the program. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Debbie. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for connecting with me. And um, you mentioned earlier that we've been friends since childhood. Absolutely. Saw, uh, saw Debbie last, I think, 30 years ago. And um, I'm so glad to have connected with you on this platform. And thanks for having me. So um, just a little bit about myself before we delve into today's um, topic. She mentioned, she practically said everything that I'm a drug safety physician. I'm sure you're wondering what that is. I work in the pharmaceutical company. I've been in the pharmaceutical industry for about over 14 years now. I'm in charge of all those drugs that you take and um, we monitor the adverse events and we send them to health authorities, both here in the United States and the European Union. So that's what I do in my professional life. And um, in my, uh, my personal life, I'm married with three daughters and um, two of which are teenagers. I have a 16-year-old on my hand and a 14-year-old on my hand. And my third is 10-year-old. So I can say that I've had my own share of parenting challenges as well. So I, I can tell, you know, I can tell some few stories and how to go about them or how I've gone about them. And um, I quick word about how I started my journey as a parenting coach. Um, my, I, my passion for parenting started when my children were very young. I have children that have different personalities, absolutely different personalities. My first is very reserved. My second is very, you know, she, she's very outgoing. My third is even more outgoing than the second. So the challenges in managing their personality and how to make sure they succeed and how to make sure I succeed as a parent was what drove me to um, parenting because I was challenged dealing with their personality and how to train them in both academically and psychologically. So this was what inspired me. As a result, I started my blog and I write a lot. I've written about over a hundred articles on parenting. I've delved into different aspects of parenting. Right now I'm focused on teenagers and how to, you know, channel one's path through teenagers with your child. And um, that's, that's what I do in my parenting. And I also speak as well as a, as a, uh, you know, as a parenting coach as well on my YouTube channel, just like uh, Debbie mentioned earlier. So I'm very glad to be here today to talk about uh, teenagers and young adults and how to, you know, support them through this uh, very strange times, very uncertain, this uncertainty that we're all going through. We're all trying to find a way to the end of the tunnel. And uh, by God's grace, I'm sure we're going to. So I look forward to discussing with you, friend. Absolutely. Hey, listen, this is very, very exciting for me because when I have an opportunity to speak with somebody who has passion in what they do, not only because they're going through it, but because they, they have in, in, um, genuine passion um, to helping themselves and helping other people as well. I think it's a, it's a very brave thing to do. And you being a professional and also having your passion and pursuing that passion to ensure that we all learn together as we're going and raising our kids together, I think it's a very good advantage of things that we, we all should tap into. I often notice that a lot of people try to shy away from things like this because they think it's personal. 
But I think it, it, it's important that we talk about them collectively because we, we're going through it together. And once you know that somebody else is going through the same thing that you're going through, it's easier for you to adjust. It's easier for you to Absolutely. have a discussion and conversation. And it is important, especially this time that we're going through unprecedented times in our history. So young adults are different breeds. They are completely different. You know, you have the younger ones, you have the teenagers, you have the young adults, they're different. And we need to understand how to deal with the, what they're going through, how to support them properly. So I have a few questions that I actually put together here. So I'm just gonna go right into the questions so we can um, learn together, okay? So you already told us a little about Absolutely. yourself. I was going to ask you a little bit more about yourself, but you, you gave us some good background information, so which is really good. So we have credibility here. So you're talking, people are not looking at us and thinking, what do they even know, right? You have a, you're a professional and you have- <laughs> Yes, trust me, I have my shelf. <laughs> that you're working with. Yes, every and day all... I've had my share of teenage tantrums, trust, trust me. And, uh... <laughs> I'm telling you, no, I agree. It is a good thing to know that. So talking about teenagers, you know, I just talked about them being a different breed, entirely different breed. And more than the young children where they're always looking up to you and following directions and things like that. This time, um, in the crisis time, uh, a lot of them, they, they kind of like feel frustrated. I'll tell you, my son is getting ready. He's a teenager who is looking into going into college very soon. And this is a time that has changed everything about their school. And also, um, when they have things like that, some of them you know, are frustrated, they're anxious, they're trying to determine, okay, why is this happening at our time? They don't have a full grasp and understanding of what exactly is going on because their frontal lobe is not necessarily developed, fully developed until they're in their mid-20s. But we think these kids are adults, they're not. Um, what kind of conversation would you recommend that we have to let them know that we understand their frustrations and also don't give them a false um, expectations that, okay, everything is going to be okay. We know it is going to be okay, but it's going to be a process, right? So how would you have that conversations with them? And what would you say to them? Um, first of all, um, more, a lot of these teenagers, I don't want us to underestimate their intelligence. They're very smart. They, 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 they have an idea, not that they have an idea, they have depth understanding of what the physical world is going on, like there's a pandemic, they understand it. But I think what they, they're challenged with is how to relate it with their own life. How do I proceed? Everything that I've planned, how, how everything has just come to a standstill, how do I handle that? So I think we should take it from that perspective. So the, I think the number one conversation we want to have with our children is to let them let out their emotions. What are you feeling? How, what, what are you going through? What is going through your head? Are you upset about what is going on? Are you concerned about what is going on? Are you angry about what is going on? In what, from what perspective is it? Because some of your programs have been canceled. Some of your, everything in your life. I know some people are graduate, supposed to be graduating from every, so, so many things. So I think we need to 
talk to them to let them let out their emotions. So, and also when they're letting their emotions out, we shouldn't um, downplay it. We should validate it and let them know that you have the right to feel the way you are feeling. I mean, everybody, a lot of us as well, we have projects that has been put on hold as a result of coronavirus. So you can use yourself as an example that I understand what you're going through. I mean, I can't change it, but we should also let them know that there's a need for them to stay away from the crowd because life is involved. When life is involved, it minimizes every other thing. So it's because we have life, that is why we can plan. When there's no life, you can't plan. They say when there's life, there's hope. It's when you have life that you can hope and plan and have faith and believe it. But when there's no life, they can't. And also, I know some parents, they say, oh, I have read in some literature that you shouldn't show them what like the numbers and everything. I personally think that they should have an idea. They should see what is going on. It will help them un understand the need to exercise that social distancing because these numbers we see that, are, that keep rising, a thousand numbers a day, are they're dying. These are human beings. These are people's family, friends, brothers, sisters, grandparents. They're just not numbers. So when they see this, it would dawn on them. And remember, the, our children are very smart people. So they would know that, okay, I, we have to let, talk to them. I don't say, I don't believe in they should be watching TV like all the time so that you weigh them down. But let them know what is going on out there. Like, this is the reason why we're doing what we're doing. It is because we have life. That is why we can plan. If we don't have life, we cannot plan. We cannot go for that vacation. We cannot go for that, you know, that uh, boat cruise or that um, that sports event that is scheduled for summer, that basketball that you always get your trophy from. That um, My kids, I know they have a lot of my daughters. Um, what do you call it? She's in Science Olympiad. She she makes it to states, but this year she's a 10th grader. She she really studied for it, really, really studied for it. And she was shooting for states. She already got what she wanted to get to states. But two weeks, I mean, they closed, I think school closed down in March. She was supposed to go for state competition two weeks later and it was canceled. So she was like, oh my, she was really very sad. And she's not really somebody that speaks out her mind a lot. She, she, she knows how to internalize things. So I had to dig, I had to talk to her like, what is this? So she told me. So this, we have to validate them and let them know that life is being lost out there. It is because we have life, that is why we are planning. So that's one of the fundamental, that's one of the basic things that we have to talk about, the primary things. Then another thing we need to talk to them about is the academics. Because we are moving into, we've actually moved into the digital world right now, and um, parents need to have a conversation with their children regarding academics. Studying at home, home is an informal setting, right? And um, we have to let them know that even if it's an informal setting, we, they need to be structured in everything they do. They have to be, I, I, I remember I had this conversation with my kids that the reason why school uh, succeeds, the reason why children, everything works out in school is because everything is so structured. You move from one period to the other. Mm -hmm. At home, for us to attain the same level of success, you have to have that mentality. You have to be in that state of mind. If you don't, if you're not in that state of mind, it's very challenging. You, in fact, you can't achieve it. 
you have to know that and it's, it's a little challenge because you are home but it's the parents responsibility to create that atmosphere that when you wake up in the morning you have to uh, do everything that you're supposed to do you brush your teeth you have to time yourself and then sit down at that particular time you normally sit down for school to start your schoolwork. I remember one time last year uh, in Georgia here, we've always had what they call this digital learning. And um, when they first started it last year, they told my kids, I remember they told them that, they said, set a timer like for, four, I think each period is like 40 minutes. So they said set a timer for every 40 minutes. So when it is 40 minutes, switch to the next subject switch to the next subject so they kind of like train them so she was a bit apprehensive and anxious at the when she first started because she wouldn't have finished the work of first period then she would have to move to the second person i said just keep moving through when you're done if the work you didn't finish you go back to them so they need to be there's a need for structure parents need to have this conversation with their children that there's a need for structure another thing that parents should talk to children about is time management Time management is very crucial when you are, even in any, everything in life. So, but at home, it's more imperative that they know that they can't afford, just because you have access to the phone does not mean you should pick up the phone. I tell them, I'm like, if you are, what did you say? All the time, exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like, in your class, do you pick up your phone? Mm -hmm. You don't pick up your phone. Mm -hmm. So you should be in that state of mind as well that you don't touch your phone when you're doing schoolwork. You, it, 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 can be, it can be difficult a little bit at first, but it is very, very important for them to do that, to be able to achieve the level of success they achieved when they were in school. Mm -hmm. Then they need to have break time. And that break time, they need to bang it. Pam, pam, pam. Like, I think 30 minutes they give them is school or 25 minutes because my daughter is always complaining, like, who can eat in 25 minutes? I'm like, for you, they, that's what is needed. Trust me, research was have gone into it that you can do it in 25 minutes. So, so when at home, of course, there's a little leeway, maybe 30 minutes, 35 minutes. But after that, they, you have to get up, finish it up and get back to work. Mm -hmm. They have to be this is serious discipline from the part of the parents and also from the part of the children. Mm -hmm. And one thing I also want to say is that initially, for us in Georgia here, we're moving towards the end of school session. School ends for us May 23 in less than a month. Okay. So we're in that mode of serious. We're, we're starting our exams this next week, right? My children and my daughter is having the end of um, performance final exam in AP, AP biology. So she's already in that mode of studying. So we, but I know some other states, they're still in the mid semester. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is they should zero in during academic time. There should be an allotted academic time that during that academic time, the house should be solemn. Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be any activity. And this requires a lot of uh, planning from the, from the parenting end mm -hmm. so that their snacks, they are ready on time. Their lunch is ready on time. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of extra work, but what can we do? Desperate times calls for desperate, desperate times calls for desperate needs and measures, right? So you do it on the weekend. You prepare. You have, you have to plan ahead to make sure their snack is there, their lunch is there, so that they, they don't waste time in the kitchen. They don't waste time trying to wash plates, trying to do this. And I know in my house we use this, we use disposable a lot during the week. In fact, we use disposable 100% during the week. 
so that you don't waste time in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So disposables, they take it, they use it, they drop it and they are gone. Mm -hmm. And you know, so these are the kind of things that they need to put in, parents need to put in place. Mm -hmm. Another thing I want to talk about that is very crucial to these children that can help them psychologically is social connection. I was going to talk about that actually because I know that. Please go ahead. I think I've spoken a lot. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I was going to actually touch on that because I know how important that is to teenagers, especially because they do have that circle of friends that they associate with and they see each other all the time at school. Now they can't. So we're trying to encourage them to still be able to connect with each other um, digitally. But at the same time, we want to ensure that we're not overdoing, right? We're not giving them all the time in the world because we're feeling that they're missing out um, speaking with their friends or talking to their friends. So my question regarding that social interaction is how much of that, we, granted, we know we want them to still be socially connected to their friends and their peers, but how much of that should they do, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what is the limit here? So my, my take on that is this, I look at it from the way I handled mine and also from what literature says, you know, because it's, it's not just about me, Every, everybody's situation is different. Okay. So let me take it from what is what I think I would do if I were me, because right now we are already moving towards exam. So social interaction for me is like extremely very minimal, very, very little because we're in that exam mode. But for folks that are not, that are still in the middle of the semester, mm -hmm. I believe in structure a little bit, not a little bit, a lot, let me know, because my friends will be saying, Tolu, no, 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 no. You know, I believe in structure a lot. Yeah, I believe in structure a lot, and I believe that things can be scheduled. And um, they, ch uh, children should interact with their friends number one, after they finished studying. Their work. They must have finished, yes, they must have finished all their work. Mm -hmm. Probably, maybe weekends, Friday nights. Mm -hmm. Friday night, but let it be planned. Let it not be, I'm studying, I'm studying. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it needs to be planned, like on Friday, and this is conversation actually one should have with one's child. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't give them um, how do you say a way out like a little outlet mm -hmm. they can rebel but when you have conversation with them like okay I know you have to interact with your friends mm -hmm. but remember school is this this is this so what I would suggest is you finish your schoolwork finish everything you have to do mm -hmm. then on Friday you can tell them and you can even tell your friends that we chat on Friday because mm -hmm. they they are busy this high, this high schoolers, wow, absolutely. So high schoolers, I know they study till extremely late. So everybody is tired during the week, and I don't think they should be socializing like that. So Fridays, you is structured. You've done all your work. You have the load off your head, so they can chat on Friday. On Saturday again, they can chat. Your friends, oh, I'm online. You guys, what, what's going on? This, this, this. If they texted already, you go through the text. You catch up with the text and tell them your thoughts and everything maybe all the friends you can let you can have like a little video chat or something like that they meet at a particular time on saturday night mm -hmm. just to have fun to do whatever they want to do video 
lockdown party, whatever they want to do for that 30, 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. But the point is, it is structured. It's a structured socialization. Mm. You understand? It's not something they just do out of, you know, I feel like doing it. No, if you feel like doing it, if you all feel like doing whatever we want to do at all the times, I won't have a job. You won't have a job. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? It's discipline. <laughs> so socialization should be structured a little bit. Mm -hmm. And to talk about their home, it's easy for them to forget the fact that it's, it's still, they have to maintain that formal decorum mm -hmm. for them to succeed, you know? Right. So that's my take on that. Okay, no, absolutely. No, I agree, I agree. Because I, I think a lot of these children are now, they're clustered, you know, because of the structure of school, because of that, they, they don't really know how to do it. And parents, because most of us were not, homeschooling our children, we really necessarily don't know how to um, structure them. So we're struggling with that piece. And, and I think that's why we're having this conversation because we need to talk about it together. Fine, the pandemic is on right now, fine. We know we're going through difficult times right now. Everything is changing right now. But at the same time, we still want to be able to maintain some sense of normalcy. And we still want to be able to still do things in a way that we would have originally, um, you know, originally done it. So that's why I think we need to have this conversation. And I appreciate you spending the time to do this. So I think my next question to you now is... Um, the disappointment you. side of things. I know earlier on you spoke about why we should let them know, the let them understand really that life is involved in this whole thing and we, we don't want to take that for granted. They should know that it's not all about them. But you know, their minds still, it's still a little small to think about, you know, the, the, I'm disappointed, right? They, they feel yeah. all this disappointment. I'll, I'll give you a specific example. So my son, I told you, is getting ready to go on to college. And in school, he has all these activities that they usually do. He's an athlete. So they have all these things that they do at school towards the end of the school year. He's missing out on those. He loves to do those. Some other things that they were looking forward to, all the... We, we had planned all kinds of activities for them, for all of them that are getting ready to go on to college. Now, because of the whole social distancing, we cannot do all of those. They're looking forward to graduation. They're talking about still trying to find a way to do it, but nothing is, they, they don't have anything solidly planned right now. So all of them, you know, with his friends, and I think even himself, he's kind of a little disappointed that, you know, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to all of these things. I was trying to um, have that memory, right? Now, I, I'm not going to get it. It doesn't really tell me this, because he's one of those kids that internalizes things a lot, but I could tell in some of the conversations that we've had, and some of the things that he's discussed with his friends, because of course I eavesdrop to hear what they're talking about. So sometimes they'll talk about, oh, like what a bummer, this, 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 and that. But I know that they feel it inside of them. And there was one particular girl of one of his friends who is a girl 
always seriously struggling with it. She's super struggling with it because she feels that she's being robbed of all of the things that she was looking forward to, right? So what would you do to help them enlighten this burden that they're taking on? How, how, would, you, how would you handle that for them? I'm thinking about it and um, I, I want to share experience of mine, my daughter as well. And it's not as, um, it's not as um, yours that is going to college because I know college is, uh, that's huge. They, they're missing out on a lot of things. Four years of high school and, um, and they're looking forward to that end of, it's, it's like the climax of everything and they're not getting it. Correct. Correct. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, let me first talk about what you said. Like I mentioned earlier, this is beyond our control. Correct. Parental, this is beyond parents. We have to show them, explain to them, I mentioned that earlier, why we're going through what we're going through. There is no easy way to go about it, especially with uh, the sports that they are missing out on. Mm -hmm. All those big, big events, the highlights of their 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 sports life in a career should I say yeah sport career in high school is the, is the highlights of it you know there's um there's I don't think there's anything that can replace that emotions we have to validate it for them we have to show them we have to help them to speak about it and also we have to show them tremendous love in our actions and let them talk more about it it's therapeutic to talk about it one then two, I'm thinking that if they can come together, he and his friends can come together and talk about things, even with parents there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the more you talk about it, the more they know that you understand, even though you are not in their shoes, that you're not trivializing their emotions, mm -hmm. the, the better they feel mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Let them talk about it. The more, the more they talk about it, the less that problem becomes, the less it becomes. Right. It keeps me minimizing it, minimizing it. Let us not shove, uh, I, I know parents don't, parents, um, parents that are very committed parents, they don't shove their children's emotions away. So I'm not gonna say, let us not shove our children's emotions away. We, there's a need for us to talk about it with them. There's a need for us to, you know, if my girl, if something like that was happening to my girl, I would go to her room and we just lie in bed and we just talk about it mm -hmm. and we just make other plans. Mm -hmm. Like, I know we can't do this right now, but once this thing is over, try to create something mm -hmm. that they can look forward to, mm -hmm. but always talk to them about it. Like, if it's a guy, I don't know how you connect with, I don't have girl boy, I don't have boys, mm -hmm. but there's a way, I'm sure there's a way you connect with your son. Mm -hmm. Find that something, find that level, come to his level, sit down, but talk and talk and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Make other plans. The other plans cannot replace this, obviously. Mm -hmm. Find a way to make some other plans mm -hmm. that they can look forward to. You understand? Maybe when they get back to, like, my daughter is really like, she's been planning her 10th year birthday for two years. She's going, she's going to be 10 years this year. And she's been planning, she's the kind of child that she knows what she wants for her birthday paradise, this. And so she's like, oh, I'm not going to have my party. I'm like, don't worry. Party can be done anytime. Immediately this thing is over and the coast is clear, we're going to have a party. It does not stop, just because you won't be 10 anymore, does not mean we cannot celebrate. So she became very happy about it. The fact that we can still do it. Mm -hmm. um, 
Another thing I want to share is, for, I was thinking about graduates, because my daughter, she's eighth grader, and I'm going to share her story because it really affected her a little bit, graduating from middle school to high school. She put a lot into her middle school, a lot. Like, she put everything, and it didn't dawn on her that she wasn't going to go back to school. And when they left school, the day they left school, they were not telling them that, oh, we're going to do digital learning. It was supposed to be... Um, I think it was a scheduled holiday and they went for it. That weekend, they said, don't come back because of coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So two weeks later, the principal sent out a video and, uh, and an email that he just turned on that she's not going to see her eighth graders anymore. Mm -hmm. And that they are going into high school without graduation, mm -hmm. without eighth grade dance. And they did this emotional video where all the teachers were holding um, posters like, we miss you students. I quickly went called my daughter. She woke up, was early in the morning. So she held me and I felt my, because I was sitting in my pajamas, it was wet. I'm like, this girl is crying. As she was watching it, she was just, she was just crying. I looked at her, I looked at the uh, video. It was her favorite teachers that were coming on. So it was dawning on her that she was not going to see her favorite teachers, her club, her club teachers anymore. So I spoke to her a lot that morning. I had to stop work to counsel her so we've been talking about it since then. Right now she's better because I try to also allow her to talk to her friends as well. They did video conference, they did FaceTime and everything. So she, she's better now and we try to make some other plans somehow. It can't replace what she's missing, but at least she feels better. So that's what I would suggest for parents to do. Talk and talk and talk about it. Don't let them put that thing inside them. Let them talk about it. Let them show their anger. Let them show their emotions and validate it for them. Tell them it's going to be fine. I wanted to share something else for graduates. I, it came to me when I was thinking about this show that graduates can still have graduation party. Let them have a video, a, a virtual graduation party. Decorate the house. Invite people. Write a speech for yourself. Your journey in high school. Read this speech to 50 people on Zoom. Record it. Don't mean just because pandemic is outside, try to create a graduation for yourself in your house. Mm. Invite people one hour, make a very fantastic speech and read it to people. What that emotions you want to share at your graduation, you can still share it. So I just wanted to share with everybody that their, their child is graduating, have a virtual graduation party and write something beautiful out of this that you still thank God that you were able to make it this far. Let not this pandemic take that speech, take that joy away from you. Yes. Yeah, that special moment. No, I, that I, special I, moment. You can still create it. It might not be the same, but it's still something. It is still something. No, absolutely. I agree because I think most of these things is more for memory's sake. They want to be able to remember I did something. And you know, as you were talking about it, actually, it, it occurs to me that it is even special. It's even more special. You know, having a, maybe a Zoom virtual connection and then you read it out to your friends or to your families that are not around and all of you just share that special moments together. You can record it. And then you can even go back to it later to know, to see it. That's the memory that you're keeping. That's what you want. Exactly. I think it's a very, very good idea, actually, because it was something I, I, I didn't even think about. I've heard that people were doing virtual parties and things like that, but I just think yes, they are. of the fact that, okay, for the graduation piece, people can as, as well just do it on a virtual yes. um, graduation party and then have that yes, wear your graduate the wear their graduation gown. 
Absolutely. Yes. Exactly. Absolutely. They wear their graduation gown. It's memory. It is. Yes. No, I absolutely agree with you. I think it's something that we should tap into. And for people that are listening, actually, this that's an idea. Because I know a lot of people have, a lot of parents have actually um, raised concerns about that. Like, oh, well, you know, it is part of life and things like that. But we can still make it work. You know, we can't. Yeah, you know, in our own little way, make it work. Completely um, discarded, we can still make it work. No, I agree. That's right. Um, so my next question to you is about healthy eating. Hmm. We have all <laughs> the food at home, okay? <laughs> I struggle with that. <laughs> there. We have everything in the pantry. And then you're looking... <laughs> By the time you realize that you're thinking, what happened to all the Oreos? <laughs> you know what I did? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because <laughs> I did something for my kids and, it's, and I'm going to share it here. It's quite funny. Um, the first week we stayed home, I bought a, a lot. I'm like, oh, I don't want them to miss out on anything. Within a few days, this is two months worth of supplies. It just, I was like, what? So I went back outside to get stuff. But you know what I did this time? I didn't put it in the pantry. I took it to my room. I'm like, I'm like, oh. I'm like no, hey. I don't blame you. Because <laughs> it was too much. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I actually like, just told my son because he loves Oreos. And my daughter, she likes this um, popcorn, this cheesy kind of popcorn for snacks, right? So they will have it every once in a while and things like that. But because at the beginning, you know, where everybody was stocking up the house because we, everybody was like buying everything from the store. So we bought a lot. So I just bought a lot and then just like everything. I stacked them up in the pantry and everything was there. And then I think like a week later or something, not even a couple of days later, I went back in there and the Oreos were gone. And I'm like, I went through the same thing. <laughs> what happened in here? You know, they kept going back to it. Like they just kept going back. To it. Okay, this is this is the strangest thing ever. So what I did because I still wanted them to have it. So I told my husband, I of said, course. You know what? I think I'm gonna have to put this thing on the lock and key because really, if we leave everything out here. I'm telling you, these kids, by the time this whole thing is over, they're, mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to move. Like, move, of course. <laughs> of course, I go through the same thing. Like, like they used to be. How, like, no, tell me, how did you put it on the lock and key? I did. What did you do? Well, I actually have this um, this big um, case that I have. Oh, is a lock. I can put a lock on it. So I put it in there and I locked it. Oh. Because I put, especially the, the stuff. Okay. Because I'm like, you know, so my daughter was telling me the other day, she said, mom, this is strange. You are now hiding food from us. I'm like, yeah, I am hiding food from you. Because <laughs> you're going to finish everything. And it's not because you, I don't want you to eat. It's because I know it's not good for you. Right? Because you're going to. Just, exactly. No, I, I'm like, no, forget it. And she was like, she was laughing. She said, that is so funny. And I was like, yes, it could be funny to <laughs> me. It's not because I'm not going to let you eat up all the house. And then by the time the whole pandemic and everything is over, I'm going to have to start going to the store to buy you new clothing because all your clothes are tight. Right? She, she said, yes. okay, whatever. Yes. But 
you know, I, I, I just felt that what can we do to really help these children with this eating piece? Because I don't know. Well, so I'm still struggling with it, actually, because I feel like, oh, they got to eat. They gotta yeah, eat. Um, I, I, I feel you, my sister. I feel you, Daddy, because <laughs> I went through the same thing. And honestly, right now, I try to look for ways what I can use to lock what, because my pantry is like there. And they, they study just by the pantry. So right now, like I went shopping yesterday, they didn't even bother. They were like, my youngest was just carrying me straight upstairs. She just, she was like, oh, they, of course I know mommy, you are in charge. And I, they know that it's not because I don't want, like you said, it's not because we don't want them to eat it. Every day when I'm coming out, I bring their snacks, snack time. Once you are done with this, that's your snack for the day because it's just unhealthy. It's not because I saw the way they demolished it the first few days. It was, it was alarming. So um, when it comes to talking about um, um, healthy eating, I think that realistically, these kids, they, these children, they're used to snacks. So like you said, if you can put it on a lock and key, that's one thing. But there's a need for them to eat more vegetables. Mm. It, 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 at, especially at this time, it's imperative that parents should make sure that their children, they are eating vegetables a lot. I, I doubled my purchase of vegetables at this time. My daughter, she's like, mommy, we're practically turning into goat. I'm like, yes, you're going to turn into goat because there has to be salad with all, every food. You're not moving that much. Mm. You're not moving. You're just, you sit in one spot. You change your period in one spot. One class to another is still one spot. Online school that you have to physically move three minutes to get to each class. And if you calculate three minutes, Yes, cumulatively, that's like six, seven periods, 21 minutes of movement. Mm -hmm. And also you go to the, you go to the uh, lunch room, the cafeteria, mm -hmm. you walk to the bus, you walk down from the bus, you do sport. So you don't do that. So something's got to give. Mm -hmm. So it's just got to give. Parents have to be very, very proactive about that. Mm -hmm. And also parents have to ensure that these children are taking a lot of fluids. Water is so important. Mm -hmm. You have to monitor their water intake. If you work at home, it's it's easier to monitor. If you're not at home, you just have to instruct your children. That's the best you can do. And keep telling them there's a need to drink water. Water is very, very important. It's a, it starts as lubricant to the eyes, lubricant to the joints. It aids digestion. It helps regulate body temperature. It's the, it's the medium for so many chemical reactions in the body. It's just like the essence of life. Correct, so it's correct. imperative, like parents, like you can buy a bottle, like two liter bottle or 1.5 liter bottle, put it on the table for them, fill it up in the morning, you must fi finish it. Some children, they can be naughty and just throw it out. Well, you've tried your best. Mm. So what fluids is important, vegetables is important. Another thing that is very important is the need for exercise. Mm. Now, how do you do exercise? I mean, I know that you can do a few things inside the house and all of that. Um, they can take walks, they can go outside and take walks and things like that, but we still want to control that a little bit, I think it's still... Yes. So what are your recommendations there? Yeah, I, when you say control, I totally agree with you. I was going to mention earlier that this uh, digital learning requires a lot of, a, not even a little, a lot of authoritative uh, parenting from the parents. Mm. There are different types of parenting, right? There's what you call the authoritarian, those ones that are very extremely strict. Mm -hmm. They call them the tiger moms, mm -hmm. that it's either my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. 
I don't believe in that. I want to believe sometimes in my life, maybe I, I used to be like that. A lot of Nigerian parents are like that. But I kind of like with so education. You were raised like that, right? Yes. Or it was the only way we would know until we started yeah. seeing other things, right? Exactly. With, edu with education, I educated myself and I realized that that is not the best way to parent a child. Correct. If you want the child to be psychologically, mentally balanced and still be able to get for the child to reach their utmost destiny and the best. Correct. So I changed along the years. That's authoritarian. Authoritative parenting is you still giving out instructions, but explaining to that child the reason behind the instructions, mm -hmm. letting the child come on board so that the child from their own will, they will submit to you mm -hmm. and follow your instructions. Mm -hmm. But you have to still put your feet down. Mm -hmm. So there are other types of parenting, the permissive parenting, and the, you have to wear that hat during this time, meaning that you have to give out instructions mm. and try your best to make sure they follow it. And how do they follow it is they will resist you at first, but if you don't give them any other outlet, these are children, mm. one, and children are social beings. If they don't they see anything else, mm. exactly, they don't see anybody else around them to associate with, they are, they are forced to conform to what you are exposing them to. So it, 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 it's a journey that you have to be able to be willing to cross the first hurdles, which is going to be challenging because they will resist you mm. at first. Mm. But after that resistance, trust me, they will temple, they will come down mm. because they don't have any other life mm. except the one you're giving them anyways. Correct. Correct. So um, when it comes to exercise, if a child refuses to go out to walk, because walking is about the easiest thing they can do, mm. the parent has to create a time it's, it's easier for the child if the parents go for the walk with the child because mm. i know that i did it for my daughter she's allergy she has allergy to pollen mm. it is really really bad mm. it's actually better now because it's raining the last one week mm. at the onset of this dld she just she didn't even want to go out to the deck or to the porch mm. because once she comes in She's itching, her eyes are swollen, and you would see that she's visibly sick. Mm -hmm. She's not feeling fine. We have to take some, we have to take medication. We have to take, um, uh, what do you call it, loratidine, Zyrtec, a lot of medication. She has to go and have a shower, remove her clothes. So she dreads, she, she was dreading going out. When the same spirit staying at home for four or five days, mm -hmm. no sunlight, it's detrimental to her health. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I remember you called me, the time you called me that time, I took my time to walk with her, a long walk. She covered her nose, she covered everything, but I, I really, really explained to her the need to go out. And I thought if I, because it was, it was beginning to worry me, I was beginning to be very concerned. So I said, if I go out with her, it was not convenient for me, but I had to create that time. So for, for parents, you have to create that time. If your child is not used to walking, is not used to doing exercise, Create that time to go out with them. Go for the walk, evening walk, every day, 30 minutes. Mm. Use it as a bonding time. Correct. You understand? So it's, it's worth it. Mm. So that is what I would suggest. For other things, there's so many other things they can do. If they ride bicycles, they go out and ride bicycles. If they can do Zumba at home, they love to dance. They can dance at home. Another thing that can also be done, one of my daughter's friends did it, even though my daughter didn't join because she didn't have her phone with her, so she didn't know they were doing it. A friend created a yoga class, a virtual yoga class, so that she would exercise one and also connect and socialize with her friends for 40 minutes. 
that I mean, I, I, when I heard it, we didn't do it. But when I, 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 I was upset at myself because I would have loved for my daughter to join. But I was like, wow, that is so cool. You use one stone to kill two birds. Mm -hmm. They socialize and they exercise. They exercise. Yeah. The fact that they're doing it with their friends, trust me, it will make them do it. Mm -hmm. They're going to see their friends. They're doing the up and down. They're laughing. They're moving and they're socializing. Mm -hmm. So those are ways that these children can exercise. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree. Well, thank you, because I think it's important that we still encourage them to exercise and get out there and get some vitamin Ds because they're not getting it. All the gym time that they have at school, staying out in the sun and all of those times, they're not getting that right now. At all. For the most part, we're indoors, so we should still encourage that and maybe do it in a healthy way if they need to have their mask or whatever they need to put on to do it. Which is still encouraging. So I think it's very, very important. And also, if they don't go out, the probability of them developing um, what do you, uh, I don't want to say depression, mm -hmm. of being stressed out becomes mm -hmm. higher because of that, um, because of the daylight. That, that daylight has a huge uh, impact on their physiology because. You, when you have light, mm. there are hormones that are activated in your body. There is, there is serotonin that is responsible for when you are up and going. And there's melatonin that is released during nighttime that is res responsible for what they call the circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. If you don't go out, the serotonin level would not be, I mean, serotonin would not be released. It not been released. Melatonin will continue to be released. Mm -hmm. Melatonin is makes sure you know you want to sleep. Then the child will become lethargic and all these things, and they become slower. Mm -hmm. It just keeps going down. Mm -hmm. So they need to go out. It's imperative that they go out. Yes. Yes, they need to go out. No, I I agree. Well, listen, I completely agree with you on that. What are your takes on naps? Because you know, you know, this is okay. I'll tell you this. This this is funny because. So my children, they're no longer little people, right? They're older. My son is getting ready to go to college, 17. My daughter is 12, right? And I think they're not, they're now in, I mean, they're not old, old, but I think the napping stage should be over by now. And they still nap. These kids still nap. You know, like even during the school year, right? that I will walk from home sometimes, they come back from school and the first thing they do is just eat some snacks, like, you know, sandwich or whatever, and they go take a nap. And then they wake up and start doing their homework before dinner and then dinner and all of that. But the thing to me is like, naps, really? Like if you were working, would you nap? You would nap, right? <laughs> I'm going to ask you one question. What? Only because you and I, I'm going to ask you a question. Only because I know it's, I mean, you're the one asking me a question. Right. But this is to answer you. Okay. Only because you and I share the same background and the same school. Right. Did you and I used to have siestas when uh, we were in school? We did. <laughs> no, I, yes, we did. But I just, I don't know. I don't something that I feel like, um, I, I guess maybe my the way I was processing it, or, and I'm still processing it is the, the same way, is little children will have naps. No. Teenagers having naps, like I'm thinking, these kids, they, they look so tired. Sometimes they're like, I need to just take a nap. And I'm looking at my son, 
I'm like, you kidding? You need to take a nap. No. Like, really? So what are yes, you thinking about? Help me understand, please. I, 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 I honestly think they can take a nap. Okay. I honestly believe that. Especially for high schoolers. High schoolers and uh, even middle schoolers that are high achieving, they can't take a nap. Because if you look at the way they work, these children, and I'm very sure yours is like that, these kids sleep very late. Scientifically, teenagers are supposed to sleep nine hours. Mine doesn't. Mine, mine don't, sleeps. Mine don't too. They don't. Mm-hmm. My teenager does not. My both of them they don't sleep. They don't. My oldest one sleeps three hours. I won't lie to you before school. Four hours. So when they come back, because they are operating on the on the edge, mm. when they come back, they quickly want to, sometimes she wants to actually go straight to study. I enforce go to take a nap because you need, you need to reset your brain. Okay. When they sleep, the, the body, you give the body the chance mm. to cool down and get rid of toxins. Okay. They reset their system. The brain is given the ability to calm down certain chemical reactions because when you are working when you are on vibrating and all you know you're being very active some chemical reactions are going on right but there's so much the body can do and operate on now because they're young they're able to do that but when they sleep is when they remember they're still growing they're still growing growth hormone gets released most when you're asleep then the body you give the brain the ability to drain itself of toxins or things that it doesn't need mm. you understand so and also you want us to be conscious of the fact that they slept very short time during at night they, they slept four hours you know, you know i'll tell you the reason why i was really thinking about it is because i feel because they've had those naps that's why they're sleeping late and i understand that sometimes they have a lot of work that they have to do you know for high school for example they have homeworks. They're sitting in. Sometimes I feel so sorry for this boy. Like he's there, still working on his homework into the week, like morning. Him sometimes the boy is still working on his work, and I walk by and I say, "You're still working," and we just nod his head. I feel so sorry for him. Do you need anything? Because he needs to finish the work. So I I feel sorry for him. But I'm thinking the time that you were napping, if you had started working, right? So I guess that's what I. <laughs> <laughs> so you could get some sleep at night. And I actually feel you. <laughs> I feel you because I think my children's preschool principal said the same thing that they should start their homework early enough. Mm. You understand? But the way I look at it is they're gonna nap for forty minutes. But if uh, if they nap for forty minutes, they're going to be able to go further into the night. Right. That's what I think. And, they, and they'll be able to understand more because your brain is fresh and like, fresh. I tell my daughter, I say, when you wake up, that's where you should do math. You should do your math when you wake up. Maybe you wake up, quickly do math because that's the, that's what you really need to rack your brain. Get to your math. Yes, then you can do other things as well. So I, I think that, na- I, I don't have anything against napping, honestly. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't have because I actually encourage my daughter to nap immediately after school. After school. Okay. She naps. She, she just takes something and she just goes to bed. And when she wakes up, she's able to, she's ref a little bit, she's not really completely refreshing, but a little bit, then she's able to go further into the night. Into and the then, night. you know, so exactly. So I, I don't have anything against napping. It's just that when they want to sleep too much, then that is where the problem is. When you have to, when you, when you got your eight hours sleep at night or nine hours and you want to nap again in the afternoon, I wouldn't condone that because you actually got your nine, nine hours nap. Your brain should be able to function from 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. in the morning up until 11 because you're young. You mm -hmm. should have the ability to the do ability that. To also. Okay. That's, I, that's my thoughts on that. Your take on that. No, I, I appreciate your thoughts. I guess, I guess I was just like struggling with it. Like, okay, naps, naps, naps. And they, they don't nap for long, like you said. It's like wicked. They don't. They just need that 40 minutes, an hour to just kind of cool down and all of that. And, and I appreciate that. I just think, okay, do your work, do your work. I guess I'm just getting too, I need to slow down. Okay, let's just, let me, I need to calm down with that piece because I'm just like, okay, do the work first and then you can play and sleep. Do the work first, but I think they need to rest their brain, right? <laughs> I need to rest. Yes, it's a lot. So, no, it's I, a lot. I, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So no, I mean we've had a really, really good conversation today. I really appreciate your time, Toby. This is very uh, educating um, to me because I think a lot of people will learn from this. And like I said earlier, I think it's the conversation. We need to keep this conversation going uh, so we can all learn from each other. Because we absolutely we have a I agree, goal, right? All of us, we have a common goal. Our goal is to raise these children to be better citizens and better leaders of tomorrow. And if we do it collectively, we're raising a generation that will be better in the future. And that's the, that's the goal. Absolutely, it's a conversation absolutely. That we keep having, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Uh, I know we've talked about different things, you know, where well, I'm thinking, I'm struggling with, we're struggling with as parents and all of that. And uh, I think this will help us to push and foster um, our goals um, together forward. So is there anything in particular that you would like to share about any of the programs that you're doing, knowing what you do as your passion and maybe your other professional yes. work but is there anything that you would like to share that you want everybody to be aware of yes um thank you so much for having me i absolutely enjoyed it i i very very appreciative for bringing me on your platform just to share my thoughts on my parenting journey and challenges and how i'm handling it so for me right now i'm going into what i call it the intellectual uh intentional should i say collegiate parenting i I'm very passionate about raising children that are, that are going to be successful academically. Correct. And there's no reason a child can, there's no way a child can be successful academically if they're not psychologically stable. Mm. So where do you draw the line or where do you make both meet? Mm -hmm. That is the project that I'm working on right now. And um, to, to start the program, I'm going to be having a, a, a program on um, Instagram and Insta Live where I would want people to come on it and um, it's not going to be a unilateral program in the sense that I'm, that I'm just going to be there talking, talking, talking. Mm -hmm. I want to hear people's thoughts okay. on where you draw the line between 
ensuring that your child is successful, how do you do it? And also ensuring that that child is psychologically stable. Because one thing I've realized is that, and coming from our background, mm -hmm. we're very pushful when it comes to academics, right? Mm -hmm. Which is beautiful, we're passionate, mm -hmm. which is very, very beautiful. Mm -hmm. But the thing what I've realized is that a lot of us, we take it to the end, to the extreme. That uh, the child now, the child tends to want to lose who they are as a person. Mm -hmm. So they are not psychologically balanced. Right. What I do also see in other, another race that there's some people that they've done it right. You will see that child, they will be psychologically balanced. They will speak well. They will not be afraid. They, I mean, so how do they get that? Mm. So that is the project that I God has put on my heart to, to delve into and to create a project around it. And I want people to be able to, you know, I'm, I'm going to have an Insta Life uh, next week. What's, what's, your, what's your Instagram uh, handle? Just so that, It's know. Tolu's World. Tolu's it's world. Tolu's World. Okay. See? Tolu's world, and yes. I'm going on, to have it. Okay, yes. Tolu's world. Yes. Yes, Tolu's world. But I think I'm going to create another program, another Insta, uh, Instagram page for ICP, the Intentional Collegiate Parenting. But right now it's Tolu's world. I'm going to be having it. And um, I want people to, want, I want it to be kind of like a discussion. Discussion. So that when do you draw the line? How do you know when you don't want your child to, and your child is like, when you're coming, you can pick the book. No, they have to be able to be relaxed mm -hmm. and be able to study, you mm -hmm. know, and enjoy the study. Mm -hmm. So that is what I'm going to be discussing next week on Instagram. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, please let me know. I mean, if it's something that we can, I would love to be a part of it because I know that no knowledge is lost and i think yes i would love for you to be there to connect yeah so please let me know and then we can just maybe put it i can put it on my um instagram account too and see if anyone is interested and everybody can i'm good I'll, I'll share the poster with you i'll share the poster with you perfect perfect no this is this is good this is good. you know what it is a time that we can all learn a lot and i think we should take advantage of that opportunity because I don't, I know that some people are still going into work, the essential workers are still going into work, but for most of us that are working from home or get, you know, doing the work that we do from home, or maybe not even working, I think we have a little bit of extra time. And I think we should maximize that time and use it wisely. So if it's learning, if it's getting more skills, if you're, if it's improving the skills that we have, Whatever we need to do, I think it's important that we take advantage of it. Not that we pressure ourselves to do the things that we don't necessarily have to be yes. worrying or bothering ourselves doing, but just just do it at our pace and try to do as much as we can to, to ensure that we maximize the time. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate all the experience that you've shared with us. And um, I think we should continue this conversation. Um, you know, for anybody else that is listening, is there any last thoughts that you want to share before we close out? Um, just that hanging there, parenting is a journey. It is. There's no blueprint out there. There's no, there's some principles that you can follow that will make you a good parent, but trust your instinct, trust yourself, do your best, and that's all you can do. Correct. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Women Connect Hub. 
join us go to our website www.womenconnectup.com subscribe to our mailing list i have a lot of things that i can share like the one that i'm sharing with you with dr tolu today she has a blog we can share all of the things together and we can grow and learn together so thank you for your time appreciate you see you thank you so much okay. thank you bye, bye. Thank you.